food, baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. We been Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Cause we came here, we in here. That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. And a whole mood is what will always be right here on Black versus the Board of Education, where we're talking about it's all political. I, I welcome you into this space. My name is Miss Laureen, and I am the host and like kind of the captain of the ship. And so we want to make sure you know who's in the building before we get our conversation started with our special guest who is already waiting in the background. So let me go ahead and throw it to my co-host for the day. Uh, let's start with Keela. Hey, Keela. Hey, I'm Keela. And what do you do around here now? I'm a mentor and a site lead here at BYLP. And she's sitting in because uh, Anaya was visiting um, Spelman this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, she did. Okay, so Anaya's at Spelman, and we're we're pulling in uh, the the reserves. All right, Jalen. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, my name is Jalen, and I am a mentor, site lead, and I am a junior in college. All right, we got our college representation in the building. Uh, we're gonna pass it over to Sam. Hey, Sam. Hello, my name is Samuel. I'm 12, I'm in sixth grade, and I like sports. All right, with the sports. Okay, Sam. And Melissa, welcome back. Hi, my name is Melissa. I am a junior in Southern California, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Awesome. So the crew is here. Jada is on her way. Lyft wouldn't bring her. So she is on her way right now. But without further ado, we're going to bring up our special guest because we know she has about 15 minutes uh, to grace us with her presence. So welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Black versus the Board of Education. How are you? I'm so happy to be here with you guys. What an awesome program. And I I think I got chills during the intro. That was (laughs) So good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, you're always welcome here. And um, should you be elected, you will be seeing us in your office because I got a bill idea already. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) So listen, we're going to jump into the questions because we want to honor your time. We know you have an event that's starting at five. So Samuel had his hand up already. So we're going to kick it over to Sam. Hey, Sam. My question was, which bills would you like to see presented on the Senate floor if you were elected as the California uh, California Senate member? That's a great question, Sam. So, you know, I I want to I got to get in there and see what everybody else is putting forward when I get there. But my my ideas are really about investment in our region. So the main reason that I'm running for the state Senate is because I want to draw down funding for better schools and libraries and roads and bridges and transportation and parks and all the things that improve the quality of life that we have in this area. If I get there, I get to represent the whole city of Sacramento and the whole city of Elk Grove and a couple little areas like Rio Linda and Alberta and part of the county of Sacramento. And I just think it would be really cool to be able to present some legislation that would allow us to have more money for some of the things that we've been trying to do in Sacramento for a long time. Awesome. Melissa, I saw your hand go up pretty quickly right after Sam. So what you got for us? 
So my question is a little, it's kind of related to Sam. So when electing people, it's important to know them as a person and not just as a politician. So what does your position entail? Not just from a political standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, what do you want to do? Who do you want I'm to be in office? I'm so glad that you asked me this question because something like a little bit elevated for you guys in this particular race, it's a it's what's called a top two general. So what that means is there were more of us that ran in the primary in June and then the top two made it to November. And I'm in that top two, but we're both Democrats. So our basic principles are the same. So Melissa, what you asked me is the most important questions that voters need to ask because my opponent and I have sort of similar positions. We're from the same political party. The difference between us is our lived experiences. My family came to Sacramento when I was a little younger than Sam. And so I went to school here. I went to Sac High in Oak Park, which is downtown community in Sacramento. After Sac High, I had a baby. I was really young. I was a 20-year-old single mom. I used food stamps, welfare. I lived in low-income housing. I needed help with that baby, so I had subsidized childcare. I worked full-time, and I put myself through UC Davis and McGeorge Law School. So my lived experience is about really lifting myself up and fighting hard from the bottom to get to the top. And now I'm the vice mayor of that same city where I used food stamps in the grocery store to feed my son. And that's very, very different than my opponent. So who I am as a person does make a big difference. Plus, I would be the first woman in 20 years elected to the state legislature from Sacramento. We have three seats, three seats for the legislature in Sacramento, and we've elected nine men in a row. Two named Roger and two named Dave, and my opponent's name is Dave. And I just think <laughs> the women should have another turn for the Daves go round three. So I'm I am determined. <laughs> Jalen. <laughs> so my question is, so when we get politicians, they they listen to the community while they're running, but then they get into the office and they stop listening to the community. And I want to know, how are you going to keep your ear to the community and figure out the needs of what the community needs? It's another great question. Y'all need to go to every debate that I'm at because these are way better questions than I <laughs> Usually people ask me stuff like, what do you think about this one particular thing? And it's like, you shouldn't really care that much about that. You should care more about how I make my decisions because that issue is going to come and go and I'm still going to be in the position. So these are way better questions about like the character of the individual. Uh, so here's why that's such a great question. I've been on the city council for 12 years. So the people that know me best are the people in my city council district that have been working with me for 12 years. And they've seen me. They've see, they see what I promised I would do in 2010 and what I promised I'd do four years later and four years after that when they reelected me. The important thing to know about that is they voted for me in this Senate race at like a 60 to 70% ratio. That's sky high. It means they still believe in me. And for me, like that fills my spirit and my soul because I've worked really hard to stay connected to my community, to not get elected and then just become a person who does what I think I need to do to stay alive. Instead, I try really hard, even when I get beat up for it, to take the position that the people who elected me would want me to take. Sometimes though, 
because I represent one eighth of the city. So it could be that like two eighths or three eighths of the city don't agree with that one eighth. But my job is to represent District 1. And so if I win this seat, my job will be to represent Senate District 8. And I'll do everything I can to stay connected to Senate District 8 so that no matter what's happening in the state of California, I'm representing the voice of Sacramento, Elk Grove, Rio Linda, and Alberta. And I think I have a good track record on that because of how people feel about me now that I currently represent. Awesome. Keela. <laughs> Keila's new to the, to the stage and she's she got a little, so a little shy. camera shot. That's okay, Keila. It's it's my first day too, so you know. <laughs> we'll do it together. Do you have a question or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. Okay. I'm I'm gonna bail you out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading and it it struck me that your opponent sued you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, one thing about being a woman in politics, you got to like be really brave because everybody comes at you, man, from every angle. My opponent has sent 22 negative mailers about me in the mail, like like ugly pictures of me with my face stretched and like calling me names and saying that I did things that I didn't do or like exaggerating something or telling a half truth. And it's hard because you sit back in your house and you'll be like, how dare you? Right. But you got to keep the chin up. You got to rise above and like not let that get you down. So what happened with this is I'll give you the briefest version of this that I can. When people vote on the ballot, they only can see two things. Your name with your party next to it. So it'll say Democrat, which is the same for me as him. And then it has like my title, which can only be three words long. So I put council member slash woman's advocate because I've done a lot of stuff in the women's advocacy space. What happens is that goes to the secretary of state's office and they approve it. Well, our secretary of state is Dr. Shirley Weber, a person I think very highly of. Her team reviewed it, approved it, gave me the stamp of approval. But my opponent decided to sue Dr. Weber and myself to say that I actually am not a women's advocate. He also said I'm not a council member and he went to court and, and so he and his male attorney and another male attorney and a male judge and another male attorney. So five men met in a courtroom and decided that Dr. Shirley Weber and myself were wrong about a woman's advocate. And they took that title away from me. They did let me keep council member. They changed it to city council woman. They also decided that in my, I've done enough to be a woman's advocate that I could still use women's advocate in my council statement, which is the thing that you read in the ballot but not in the three words attached to my name. Well, let me tell you the most ironic thing about this. My, his argument in court was that women's advocacy is not a vocation. In order to believe that, you'd have to believe that advocating for women isn't a real job. So, you know, Planned Parenthood, all these groups that advocate for women. My opponent's ballot designation is environmental advocate. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you cannot Bruh. make yourself up. I'm going to write a book after this. I'm going to write a book. As you should. <laughs> do you have a question yet? Um, I was just going to say, like, why do you think being a woman, like, running, what makes that important to you? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, when I ran the first time in 2010 for city council, I didn't think at all about gender. I never even crossed my mind, like, oh, I'm a woman, and maybe that matters. But when I got there, and then... There were two other women on the council, but they left pretty quick. They were much older than me. One is, in fact, deceased. She was a wonderful person named Bonnie Pinnell. And the other lady is much older now, too. And 
and they're gone. And I pretty soon was the only woman and there's nine people on that council. And I wasn't just like the only woman. The mayor was a professional basketball player. There was a professional baseball player, a professional football player. Like, I mean, I was like really outnumbered, right? And when decisions came in front of us, I felt like I had to stand up for like all women. And there's a lot of things I'm not, right? I'm not black. I'm not old and I'm not young. I'm not single. I'm not LGBTQ. And there are women in all of those categories. And I just felt like I had to stretch myself really big to try to like represent as many women as I could with my one little voice against their eight. Mm, And so in the state legislature, we've never even come close. We haven't gotten past 30% of the legislature being female, which means there's a lot of women in there stretching themselves to try to have voices to represent people. And there aren't very many people like me that have been single moms in the past. So I really think it's important. I think representation is really, really important. And I just have to ask you because we heard um, the audio uh, that came out of Los Angeles City Council. Oh my God. And, um, you know, that kind of, for some of us, reinforces why certain policies are the way and why they're implemented in the way that they are. And because yeah. politics is an exchange, it is not a gift. Have you um, actually had developed a black agenda or what you would like to see that would actually benefit black students or, or citizens um, in this area? Because you said you would represent like uh, Elk Grove. Elk Grove is number one in the state for disproportionate discipline of black children. Yes. Yeah. So, so what is it that you're, What can we count on you for? I guess what I would say to you is an agenda I don't have specifically, but advisors I do have specifically. And I have leaned heavy into certain folks who who have helped me. I'm really close to Alan Warren and his wife, Gina Warren. Uh, I'm very close to Pastor Joy. Uh, I'm I'm very close to Dr. Nicole Clavo, who you probably know her son, JJ Clavo, was murdered in Sacramento. (laughs) Merv Brookins, Barry Uh Axius, who runs Voices of Youth. Um, These are all folks that are Jay King, big advisors to me. He's the, Jay King's the president of the Black Chamber for the state of California. These are people I turn to regularly and routinely, not like on occasion. They're big supporters. I talk to them before I take positions. Uh, They have my ear and I would turn to them. But what I would say is I would love to work with like, people like you and especially the young people about what you would like to see after I win from your state senator and then go after some of those goals. Because one thing I've championed in my own district is a youth action course. I have a thousand kids and they're, you know, all different nationalities that work in, in my, what I call yak. And they help us with everything from planting trees to pushing policy and doing all kinds of things in district one. And I'd love to grow that for all of Senate district eight for opportunities for young people to engage with their elected official. I think we could do more of that. Well, I'm going to hold you to that um, because I, yeah. like I said I have at least two bill ideas that I want to put on, on your desk. It like immediately should you win. Um, I would love that. There's so much going on out here. And if we don't start to get some traction, um, I feel like there you're going to continue to see um, black yeah. people kind of pull back not just from politics, from the Democratic Party, because we've not seen a return on our investment. Um, I, but think one thing, I think one thing I want you to know from me today is that I, I would be so proud 
to help carry a black agenda forward. I'm really proud of some of the endorsements I have of people who have been absolute champions for the black community, probably top of that list, Holly Mitchell. She's a hero to me and I know to many and I, I'd be honored to help with some of that. But I also want, you know, I mean, while I have some experiences from having gone to Sec High and pulled myself up, I don't, I'm not black and I would love to have you in my corner helping me understand what you think would be the most useful for your community. And I want to support that. I have my own ideas too, particularly around more investment in schools, especially ones that have been really left behind. But I'd love to hear your bill ideas. That would be an honor. Okay, perfect. Well, you're going to hear from me should you win. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, counting on it. You, you the win horn? on one day. Where's, where's the horn, Tevin? Where's yeah, the yeah. horn? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you for spending at least this time with us. Sam said he had a question. Do you have another question that, yeah. was, that is really, really quick, Sam? Go for it, Sam. Um, I don't know if it's quick, but I heard you said that you went to law school. Um, so how are you applying that experience in law school and your law degree into being a Senate member and a council member? I wish I, wish I had a way to show you guys how much better your questions are than most people who talk to me. I literally cannot even describe to you. So yes, I have a law degree. I don't practice law. I'm not a practicing member, which means I'm not a member of the bar, but I use my law degree, which I'm very proud of because I earned it while I was a single mom to do policy work. I think I'm a better elected official because I understand law deeply. And my experience with the law, when I was in law school, I did a lot of internship type work. Uh, one of the, but I had to get paid. So they were really jobs. One of the jobs I had was in the public defender's office in the city, in, in Sacramento County here in, in the city. And I was able to work as a defense type of um, supporter to people who came to court and were facing charges. So a lot of times that has shaped how I look at policy kind of come at things from a defense-minded standpoint um, because of those experiences. And then at the dais, when I'm making policy or I'm making rules, I'm always thinking about implementation and how the words that we put down on paper will then be implemented to affect people's lives. And I don't think that you need a law degree to be able to do that, but I do think having a law degree really helps and it certainly has helped me. It's a really good question, Sam. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sliding through right before your event. We really appreciate your uh, time. I'm so grateful. You guys keep going. Keep doing this. Keep doing this. Keep doing more of this and talking to people because it's really good. It's not just important for you. It, I know it's a great opportunity for all of you, but it is for me too to hear from you and to sort of feed my spirit and remind me why I'm even doing this, especially 22 days out, because it can be a dark space, politics. There's a lot of ugly and a lot I don't control, so much I don't control. So when I get to talk to people like you, it, it makes me want to fight harder so that we can, you know, do these things that we're going to do together. So thank you. Thank you for gifting me. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, thank <laughs> so we, we actually have a second part to the conversation. We just wanted to give Miss Ashby uh, those, those, those precious moments at the top of our broadcast so that we can get to know her just a little bit better. Um, the ballots are already uh, should be at your homes right now. If you were sitting on the fence and you heard something that you liked, please, please, please go ahead and get your ballots filled out. 
uh, remember all politics is local. Um, yeah. that's where most of the action happens. So even if you're disenfranchised from, from the federal level, all politics are local. So you find somebody, whether it's a dog catcher, like Yvette says, or, or somebody mm -hmm. else, uh, that you can get behind, go ahead and, um, put them where you need them to be so you can have access. Uh, so we're going to switch gears uh, to the team. Thank you, Miss Ashby. Uh, we're going to switch gears with the team. Um, we talked last week about, um, what happened over at Sheldon High School with the students being um, pulled in to, or I'm sorry, they were, um, what is it called? Called out. Called out yeah. in class. Yeah, I, I, my, my words are escaping me. <laughs> so, they were called out, singled out in class um, and referred to as niggers. And um, unfortunately, uh, we had the displeasure of being at the meeting this morning. And just to give you some context to what we were talking about or what this is in reference to, I want you to check out this video. Say that there has not been any effort from the school or the district to even apologize. Fox 40's Jeannie Nguyen tells us what happened and what they want that teacher to know. That family tells me an English teacher here at Sheldon High School used a word that was not only offensive but hurtful during what was supposed to be a lesson. Now that family says they want the district to hand down strict consequences so this doesn't continue to happen to other students. At Sheldon High School, the motto is clear. It values respect, integrity, tolerance, and empathy. But for this family, I was sick to my stomach. It's anything but that. I saw that he was flushed. He looked like he was hurt. Issa Jeffwa says her 11th grade son, Jai Coleman, called her Tuesday morning explaining that his English teacher had used a racial slur towards him. Jai says what started as English class turned into a geography lesson. If you were shipped off here, you would be called a Negro because you're black and then she said my name and then said Jai says another classmate of his was also used as an example during this teacher's lesson. Frustrated, he tried to confide in the teacher's aide, but only got shut down. The aide was just saying like, you'll hear it out throughout your life, you should be used to it. And I was, and I was thinking that's not okay. One way or another, she shouldn't be saying it. Not only that, but Jeff Waugh says this is a lesson that should not be taught at school. That is not a lesson that should be taught from a teacher who's never experienced that type of hate. And if the roles were reversed and Jai was caught using a racial or offensive slur, his dad says the consequences would be much worse. We'd be looking for another school district for my son to go to. The family sent this letter to the superintendent and the principal, but only got a short response from the vice principal, saying a meeting will be arranged soon. For community activist Barry Axius, he believes this should be an opportunity for the district and staff to learn. We want to help bridge the gap so teachers and as well as students can understand there's certain words and certain behaviors you should not have. A spokesperson with Elk Grove Unified School District claims American literature teachers do analyze a book called Their Eyes Were Watching God, which includes racially sensitive language. The district says it's working with teachers on how to deliver the lesson and will have support systems at school for students. For the time being, the family has taken Jai out of that English class, but they will allow him to continue his education here at Shell. In Sacramento County, Jeannie Nguyen, Fox 40 News. And so, as I said, we spent the morning over at uh, Sheldon High School this morning. And I just have to tell you just a couple of things that I observed. Number one, there's no accountability. Um, you have adults who don't have the common sense not to use this word in class talking about they were leaning on historical knowledge and she's not even from here. 
So we have to be clear. Not only that, she decided, first of all, they weren't even in the book. Let's be clear. This has nothing to do with the book. I think this is a convenient excuse. She was given a pre-lesson prior to the book because I asked her, okay, so what's the, what's, what page were you on? What was the assignment? Um, how were they supposed to know? Were you? Is there a way you could have taught this curriculum without using the N-word? Now, the people in the room said that the school instructs these teachers not to use the N-word. This teacher said she didn't know that. So my question to you all is, should teachers have to be taught not to use this language in class? Melissa? Absolutely not. It should be common sense, but we have said multiple times that common sense is apparently not so common. It should absolutely be common sense when you're in a classroom setting. My Black English teacher does not say the N-word. It has come up multiple times in texts that we have been reading, and she just doesn't say it. So there's absolutely no reason you don't need to say it. And like his dad said, if he would have been the one to say it as a Black student, the consequences would have been so much worse and it is unfair. Samuel, do we need to teach grown people not to use this word in class when it has nothing to do with their lesson? Is it like, like do, do you need to? No, but I mean, kind of you do because there are people like this that just, that just somehow are so quote unquote ignorant they don't know what's going on they don't know anything that's going on like at all they don't have any sense of cultural context or any common sense at all but they they're just like i didn't know i didn't know you can't say that word how do you not know you of course you're not supposed to say nigger like what you said it on purpose bruh you don't just go around going to block people like, hey, nigger, how are you? Huh? Makes no sense. Jada. Um, no, I don't think that they need to be taught not to say that word. Um, I know adults may not be on social media as kids, but even around teenagers at school, they know not to say it, but they'll still say it anyway. And I feel like she knew not to say it, which is why, like, it just seems so specific. You didn't call on nobody else. You didn't say it to the class as a collective. Oh, yeah, you know, in the world, Black people would be called this from another. You specifically pointed out the Black children, and now you're questioning, oh, the repercussions, why am I getting... Girl, you knew better. Let's not play games here. Like... Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm -mm. And so this is the other thing. So what I have to tell you is there were about maybe 15 of us in that room. So originally, there, so there was a teacher and there was a para, a paraeducator. Now, the para is accused of telling uh, the young man, this or the young boy, he's a boy, I'm not going to adultify him, that he better, he needs to get used to the word. Oh. Do you find that problematic, Jalen? Absolutely, I find that problematic because who are you to tell somebody to get used to a word that's that's used for hate and they don't understand how uncomfortable being black is in the classroom when you're being taught a book that has the n-word in it there's nothing there's 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 not a lot of things that are more uncomfortable than being taught a book that has the n-word the hard r in a class and to say to tell somebody oh you better get used to it 
do you not understand the history of that word? And you talking about get used to it. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. I mean, I, I just have also oh, this is what happened. This okay. Can you put the camera on me? I want to I want to give y'all an example of what this lady did when she walked into the room. So they called the parrot in the room, right? She gets in the room and this is what she's doing. Not the shape. And I'm like, is she okay? We're not doing that here. And then I'm 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 trying to figure out, oh, there's Miss Allegra. Go on and pull Miss Allegra up because Miss Allegra had to get on her. Hey, Miss Allegra. Welcome hey, to Black Versus. Miss Allegra. Welcome to Black versus the Board of Education. So we're talking about the para that was in the room today and all that shaking she was doing. Uh, and you called her out on it. What you tell her? Uh, I told her that uh, we were not. <laughs> you, you you know how it is. We know how this thing works. And one of the things that happens whenever we as black people call white people on the carpet on their stuff, the first thing they do is try to uh, flip the script and then they want to be the victim. So on, I now, was just not it. feeling that. And, and you know, we're all, they always want us to be sensitive to white fragility. So today was the day that we just had to call a spade a spade. And I just called it out, just straight up told her that we were not there um, to be concerned about her emotions, that um, if she couldn't pull herself together, we were not we were not concerned with her white fragility. I just kept it real in 100 because that's just what time it is right now. They know what time it is and so do we. And one of the things that we as a people need to stop doing is tippy toeing around. We can professionally, very matter of fact, pointedly say what we want to say to call them on the carpet and check them. And a lot of times when we do that as a people, well, they're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. So we just, you know, insisted that she, you know, cut the crap with the white fragility because we weren't feeling, un you know, uncomfortable. We were concerned about the emotions of the two black children that has been offended by what has occurred at this school. And she needed to put on her professional hat and let's get about the business of taking care of these kids. And stop Their all needs, that damn shaking. Not hers. Knock it off. We're not, we're not there for that. And no, so as, and today. I think I see baby boy's head, the top of his head is, is that Jai over there? I think I see Jai down there. Who's that? Oh, that might be uh DeMarcus supposed to be logging on because our girl was just a little bit too upset to get on still. Okay. Who is DeMarcus? He's one DeMarcus of your children? Is, is, he's one of our rights of passage kids. Who's going to be meeting with the girl in just a little bit after we get off here. Okay, let me um let's pull up Demarcus and see what's going on um with Demarcus. Hey, Demarcus. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm fantastic. So listen, so I'm hearing that you are going to be meeting with the young lady who was affected um by what this teacher said. Can you tell me? Uh, first of all, would you be okay with a teacher using the N word in class? Of course not. First, of course not. First of all, I think that's like really unprofessional, especially mm. being around so many kids and saying that. And as a me as a kid saying it's unpro unprofessional, I feel like that's just it, it's a blow to itself. And that does, it doesn't give you a right to even it doesn't who gives you the right to even say that word. It it, it was part of history, and mm -hmm. I feel like they they people take that word for granted. Even even our own our own kind, our, our own race. We, okay. we took that word and we use it as a type of slang or a type of, as a type of like fun word to say. But in reality, we're just, we're like, we're like talking bad about our own race basically. Mm. 
And I guess uh, because I'm a huge fan of NWA, Niggas With Attitudes, I really am. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of their work. Uh, it's something that my uncle used to uh, play all the time. And I used to not really understand the rage um, that is uh, that becomes frustration with how someone is being dealt with in the system. And so, Sam, I'm going to kick it to you. What type of things uh, do you think we should be holding our young, our, uh, ele- I'm not, I'm, I'm on the elected folks, our teachers to? What type of standards should we be holding our teachers to, Sam? A higher standards than children. Like, you treat children worse than you treat the teachers. Whatever the no. teachers does anything wrong, especially black children, they're like, well, you need to be suspended and think about what you did. Whatever, it's a white teacher. It's like, oh, they made a mistake. They can learn from it. Let them on paid temporary leave. And that's real. <laughs> that's real, Keila? Yeah. You agree with Sam? I do. Why? Just because it's just crazy because respect should just go both ways. Yeah. Period. So the fact that. Do me a favor, hold on real quick, because there's some feedback. So, Demarcus, I'm gonna need you to put on mute really quickly so that Keila can make her point. Go ahead, Keila. Yeah, no, I just think it's crazy how like that's even a question. Like, yeah, I just it's a lot. <laughs> I I just find it funny how you know Jalen when he uh when he had, or no no it was you you had said that um she had said that oh yeah you need to get used to that word. They're super sensitive about the F word, the R word. But when it comes to the N word, it's like, oh, yeah, just just get used to it. Yeah. Why are we always having to be in a position where we have to be resilient all the time? The bigger person. Talk like, about it. That's so like that. Like, that's just so stupid. And it's unfair. She gets to walk in and have her white fragility moment and shake and stuff like, girl, if you don't get it together. Like, like Miss Allegra said, put on your professional hat. We're in a professional setting right now. The fact that you can't separate your professional from your personal is a problem, and you don't need to be in a professional position. So, because if she was black and she walked in there crying, they would have just looked at her and just been like, "Let it be." Let us have any type. For? Let us have any type of emotion. We'd be the mad black woman. Be the sad black woman. Like we like, and it's just so stupid because they get all this free passage, and it's ridiculous. Okay. And I want to. I was gonna say I want to add to what Jada said about uh, separating the professional from the personal. It's like she she could do it in that moment to get what she wanted mm. with the white fragility, and she added the personal element into it. But when she's in the classroom calling two kids the N word, then she doesn't know how to be professional, and then she knows how to be personal. But is the expectation? Do you believe the expectation is for? teachers to always be professional or you think that some teachers are given a pass teachers some teachers are absolutely given a pass you which need to be teacher? which you, teacher? white teachers are always given a pass we've had black teachers on here trying to be personal with students and and trying to help them through things and like we had i can't remember his name but he was on here he was playing basketball jordan, with one of the kids jordan yes jordan was playing a black teacher playing basketball with a black student and was asked to leave because he assaulted him. But this white teacher can call two kids the N-word and it's not a problem. And so just really quickly, um, I see baby girl Jada is in the in oh, the building. Another one. Another Jada. Uh this is this is baby girl Jada. Hey Jada. And Jada, Jada is one of the students that was in that classroom. Hmm. Um and so Jada. 
when we was at that meeting, that teacher out of her mouth said that she didn't say it in the context that you all are saying she said it in. How did she say it? She said it like like freestyle. Tell, because... tell me about it. Tell me about it. So, like, when we were going over the lesson, and out of nowhere, she said that to me, called me out and Jai out. She said that if you guys were to come to this region, I'll be referred as a Negro, and he'll be referred as a nigger. Hmm. In front of the whole class, that's what she did? Yes. And then when we got to the meeting today, what did she say? That Because you were upset. You were ticked off. So what did she say that got you that upset? She said that she didn't say it, but she did. And she didn't even look me in the eye. Hmm. <laughs> she didn't say it. So in other yeah. words, she was lying. Yes. She was lying. Okay. And so I want to read you guys this statement that Elk Grove released on the 14th. It says, in today's update, we have one important topic that we would like to shed light on and share how we have grown in our ability to restore and repair relationships when issues such as racism, bullying, or harassment occur in our schools. <laughs> this week, one of our schools had an incident that prompted a student to file a complaint regarding racial remarks that were made during the course of a lesson discussing their eyes were watching God. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in that. During that meeting, didn't she say that she was on a pre-lesson, a pre-context, a pre-history lesson to that book, and y'all weren't in the book? Yes. Okay. Um, after school, officials investigated and heard from all who were impacted Immediate steps were taken to support our students and families, and the situation has now become an opportunity to learn and grow together. So my question for you, Ms. Jada, um, what immediate steps were taken, and how did they support you? Can you say it again, please? What steps? They said that there were steps, immediate steps were taken and uh, to support our students and the families. So that's re referencing you. They're saying they took immediate steps to protect or to support you. Can you tell us what the school district did for you? Honestly, I don't even know because I'm upset at them and I feel like they didn't even do anything to solve it. So they didn't do anything is what I heard. What did y'all hear? That's exactly no. what I heard. It's okay. the way it took her a minute to respond. If somebody had had immediate reaction to something, it'd be like, oh, yeah, they did this. The fact that she had to think about it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what did you do? And then it said the school worked collaboratively with district staff to quickly develop a response plan for the students and families who were directly impacted. That's you and Jai. Um, and for greater support, added school-wide restorative and preventative actions um, that are in process, including the ability of counselors and other support staff who will be able to directly assist students. I find that a bunch of hogwash um, personally. I think they sent this statement to save face because if you can't tell me one way that they've helped you, um, we have a bigger issue because now they're lying. That's right. Miss Allegra, what do you think? Are they lying? Yeah, almost definitely. So, you know, uh, they call it CYA. They're, they're covering their... Behind. That's what they're doing. And so they're <laughs> circling the wagons 
around themselves and around their teacher because they know that they've messed up and they've messed up royally. So this is not only considered a racial act, it's emotional abuse, which also makes it a criminal act. Mm. So they have no choice but to try to cover it up. And the fact that the teacher boldly sat there in that space, unable to look either of those youth or their parents in the face and give a sincere apology automatically told me that she was she was lying. She couldn't look them in the face at all. Mm. However, so that 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 made it like she had no point of reference about the kid's pain or she couldn't identify with it. So in flipping the script on her, I, I wanted to bring back how she brought up the region, mm. knowing that she was from that region. I was just about to ask you where where yeah. is she from, sis? Lorene, Lorene, you know that was strategic. <laughs> That, that was a strategic and she did exactly what I was expecting her to do she because she said to the kids, she said she mentioned Spain and she mentioned Russia. So, you know, there's conflict going over there right now. So I, I took it that that's the region that she also came from. Mm -hmm. So when I referenced the region, I, I, not knowing if she was Russian or Ukrainian, but I intentionally referenced what she referenced to the kids, which was Russia. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, you know, the region that you're from, she had a visceral angered yeah. response to defend because she wasn't from Russia. She was from Ukraine, Ukraine. So by her be, being Ukrainian, Ukrainian, she, you know, there's conflict going on right now. So there was, she, she understood or she felt the pain of how it is when somebody is trying to tear down something that's you, she, she couldn't identify with the kid's pain. But she immediately wanted to flip the script and have us to identify with her struggle. You know, you don't know. How do you know if I'm from that region? You don't know what region I'm from. You know, and you don't know I'm from Ukraine. I'm not Russian. And I, I, um, uh, you don't know what we suffered as a people. And I had to shut her down. Ma'am, it's mm. not about you. We're, we're not here to be concerned about what you went through. Honey, we're here for this girl right here and this boy right here. These students. That's who we're here for. Because really... You know, with both of them, one of the things that occurs all the time when Black people speak up about how you have affected us, how you hurt our children, you all of a, all of a sudden you have to tie in whatever your struggle is. And right. that, that is a way of, of trying to change the subject. Yeah. You know, you want to you try to dilute what we're saying about how you've affected our kids by bringing in your struggle. I, could, I really didn't care in that very moment about her struggle or where she came from or anything else. I cared about these two kids while was broken by her actions that she couldn't even acknowledge or hold her own self accountable for. Instead, she sat there and she lied to those kids' face. Two kids that had not seen each other since that occurred in the classroom. Two kids and that had the same on the phone story since that occurred in the classroom, but yet they had the same story. They but had they the said same it didn't story. happen. So Somebody lying, and it's definitely not the two kids. So what is all. it called, you guys, when you know what happened and you're telling somebody what happened and they're basically telling you that what you think happened ain't the way it happened? What is that called? Say that again. Gaslighting. That's ah. right. It's called gaslighting. So That's she right. was in That's that right. meeting gaslighting these children who were sitting there having a, an, a reaction 
to the fact that she was sitting in the face of her administrators lying through her teeth. And at no time did she acknowledge what was happening in that moment. She needs to apologize. Well, she said, uh, she said, Jada, look at me. Oh, no. Now, what's wrong with that, Jada? Come on now. I don't know. I would have looked toward the other direction like that. That is such a command. Like you don't want you want like you want to be like like personal, like, hey, you know, like, I don't know. I don't command me to do anything. That's like I will do the opposite of whatever you just said. If you command me to do anything, you're not trying to apologize. You're trying to command respect, command obedience. Like I am not like. Yeah, that would have irritated me. Yeah, she's using teacher privilege. Yeah, she was like, still being disrespectful when she... That was like an order. Yeah, It that wasn't was an order. A, a, a sincere, honey, look at me. I, I just want to talk to I'm you not, about how I made you like, feel. I'm not, it a was dog. I'm not a dog. Look at me. Yeah, And like, she got checked on that, too. It's like, wait, 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 wait. And uh, Miss Lisa got got mad at that one. That, that, that would have had Ms. me Lisa livid. Miss Lisa nailed it. That would have had me livid. She, yeah, it's... She just likes the authority of having people be like having power over people because it's definitely because like you don't if somebody's genuine you don't and like if you want respect and you're not giving respect and you're gonna get mad at somebody for not giving respect if you're not gonna get give them the respect that they deserve that then you're you're just power hungry you just power. you just like yeah. having power and you yeah. just want everybody to be like hey I have power I'm the teacher whatever I say goes. So if I tell you to look at me, you're supposed to look at me. If you don't, you're in trouble. If I say get used to the word, get used to it. If I use it, you can't be mad about it. Look at me when I say look at me. That's so ill. Oh, that's just ill. That's only one word for it. And I'm going to throw it uh, to DeMarcus. If if you heard a teacher tell you, look at me, before they gave a command or an instruction, how would you take that? I would take it as like, I don't, it would just, it would shock me. Like, why would you, there was no, there's, you don't give no command. You just say, look, you make it sound like I've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And there's no place for that. Right. And Miss Jada, when, when the yeah. teacher told you in that meeting to look at her, um, how were you feeling in that moment? You're on mute, baby. Go ahead and unmute yourself. I was upset because I'm like, I don't even want to look at you because you're sitting up here lying in front of my mom's face and his mother's face. And you felt that, did you take that as a, um, as a sign of disrespect? Yes. And what would you have rather her had done in that moment? I wish she could have said, may you please look at me. Because the way she said it was disrespectful, and I wanted to scream at her and all that, because that's how upset I was. And you should have, because you had every right to scream. You did. If that's the way that you were feeling, um, we want to make sure um, that the schools understand the impact when they are culturally incompetent, and when they don't act, they don't act like they have any sense, right? And so we are we are supposed to because they put it into legislation that we have to send our kids to school. But the schools are required to make sure the school is safe for us to send our kids there. 
Jada, did you feel safe in that class when you were singled out and called a nigga? I didn't feel safe because she made two kids laugh and that I was like really upset and that's why when that bell had rang I left out that class immediately. And Melissa's mouth uh, fell open um, and Sam is going through convulsions over there. So (laughs) Melissa, Melissa, what you thinking? I'm so (laughs) angry. And I want to say one thing. The teacher is feeding off of the power imbalance. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm seeing from her demanding the children to look at her and in front of their parents because she knows that the school is going to protect her Mm. because that's what they always do. She's feeding off the power imbalance. And on top of that, she makes two kids laugh. When we are asking history teachers, teachers, the school, the curriculum to teach us about the real history and about the severity of these words. We are asking them to teach us about the words, not to call us these very words. We're asking you to teach us and and our peers, the same peers that laughed as this teacher called them the N-word. We're asking you to teach why that's not okay. I'm upset. I'm angry. I want everybody fired. I want the... I, I'm, <laughs> I want everybody. everybody. Everybody, just start over because there. How are you getting back to this when there, there are two students that are are permanently traumatized and hurt? And I wouldn't be surprised if don't want to go back to the school because why should I feel like I'm safe on your campus when clearly I'm not? Mm. Samuel, you like I said, you was going through some issues over there. Uh, what you what you want to add in? Students. The, the students are, I'm going to, I'm going to be like how they were in the classroom. <laughs> she called likable niggers. Wow. <laughs> it's so funny. Is it, is, it's really that funny? It's really that funny to you that people are getting called racial slurs? What do you do? I did not say it. I, I didn't say it. I, I, I didn't say it. You, you're not even looking at anybody. You're just saying, I didn't say it. It's like when when the toddler says, I, I didn't do that. I, Pretty much. Come on, I toddlers. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> and then the final thing, look at me. Like, why do I gotta look at you? You call me a racial swear. I don't, I don't, I don't owe anything to you. Like, right. That part. I don't owe you Talk nothing. To her, Talk to her. You don't <laughs> oh, me just because you're my teacher doesn't mean you're the ruler over me like just because y'all got sam going i want to know how did the parents (laughs) (laughs) how did the parents how did jada's parents react to the teacher commanding something from her how did your parents react miss jada are you bringing your mama in hold on hold on oh Oh. hi hi Hi, mama i just had a quick question for you um, I yeah. I wanted to know how you felt in that moment when Jada was commanded by the teacher to look at her. How did you feel? Because I would have jumped you know across what? the table. Honestly, <laughs> I was in a whole nother world because I've been having a lot going on. And then when I just came to tune, I'm like, did she just say this? Like when you guys repeated it. So, um, but yeah, me, myself, I wanted to go across that table and snatch her. You should have. <laughs> That's you what I wanted to do. And just like when the stuff happened at the school, 
I didn't find out till that evening and I wanted to go up there the next day and mm-hmm. snatch her up. Me back in the days, <laughs> like I've calmed down a lot, but <laughs> I have a lot going on. I have a lot on my table right now and I'm just, it was like I was there, but I wasn't because mm-hmm. I'm just hearing all these different things and I'm just like, yeah. So no, nobody from the school called you and told you? No, nobody from the school called me. I found out from Jai's mother that even Jada didn't even mm. call me and tell me. Jada says she was just in shock. So when I got home that evening, I got a phone call. I was on the phone. I was talking to Jada. Then I got a phone call and then I was cooking dinner. And then Jai's mother contacted Jada to speak with me. And then she told me and I was like, hold on. So I had got off the phone and then I'm like, okay, so what's going on? Because the school never once called me to let me know anything. And they called my daughter in the office, had to do a statement. I wasn't even. Don't do statements. Yeah. I, they didn't even call me for that. So I did an email that evening to the uh, vice principal and I cc and I believe I CC'd you guys too. And um, the vice principal called me that morning, first thing that morning. And I told him about that as well. How dare you call my daughter in the office and interview her and have her give you a statement without me there. That's mm-hmm. not acceptable. I told him I, that better not happen again. And so, Mama, let me just read you this part of this statement because I just read it to your baby, but I want to get your take on it. Um, It Uh says, after school officials investigated and heard from all who were impacted, immediate steps were taken to support our students and families, and the situation has now become an opportunity to learn and grow together. So I'm going to ask you exactly what I asked your baby. What steps did the school take to support your family? (laughs) There was no steps taken at all, actually. And like, and we never even got an apology. There was an apology letter that was sent out, but they didn't personally apologize to my daughter nor Jai or my or the parents at all. So I don't know what steps they're talking about, but it didn't happen with our families. That is insane. And the fact that you didn't even get to receive a personal apology is messed up. No. The fact that the public got to get a personal apology but not the people that were actually affected is ridiculous. And that should have never right. happened. Right. And I see DeMarcus is also uh, shaking his head. What are you thinking, love? You agree with what Jada just said? Yeah, I agree with that. Also, me being, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed, and me being mixed, I feel like teachers, yes, there are those kids. They, the, they, don't, under, they don't understand what that word is, but... A lot of kids, they already, they already get to teach this word at home, and they get Uh-oh. teach the meaning behind this word. I feel like teachers, they they should like teach others like something else, like teach like like teach like advocacy and like how to stick up for yourself, other than teaching us hmm. like what this word was used for. And I think we're having a, a problem with his audio. Um, so I'm not sure. But I believe he's saying that something about uh, teachers need to teach uh, advocacy and how students can uh, stick up for themselves mm-hmm. um, instead of uh, becoming part of the problem and being bullies and adding to the issues. Um, and so, Mama, what would you like to see happen? Because I, I looked up some of the stats for this book and, and then to hear in this meeting that they didn't even get to the book, that this was a pre-conversation before the lesson because she wanted to give context based on, did she say learned experience or uh, experience or what's what's the word she used, Allegra? 
what she 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 said she was institutional knowledge or something she said crazy uh, and you're on mute so you're gonna have to unmute um and she's still talking with the mute <laughs> miss allegra, miss allegra come off mute boo. i'm sorry i think she said <laughs> learned experience or previous experience and so, you know, knowing the region that she came from, I'm just trying to figure out what kind of experience was that. We should probably should have probed a bit more. I would have liked to know what what experience was she talking about? What what kind of experience is that? Because when she referenced the region, well, we know the truth about the region is they don't like black people at all. Mm -hmm. Come on. So I would like to That's know what that learned experience was, where did it come from? Yeah. And I, none I saw of the what it was that she claimed that she was trying to portray. It didn't come across to the kids like that. So right. if you say that you were trying to, you know, she, oh, you know, I was trying to share about the beauty of what black of the African American have experience, and, and oh, you know, the, that didn't come like, across at okay. all to the kids. But how could so, it? If they said in one region you be a Negro and the other one you be a nigger, that's beautiful. Don't talk about that's experience. amazing. Don't talk about experience. She ain't never had to. Experience. That's like ridiculous. that's crazy, right? It's crazy. And so you know, I. I I get really agitated with this district and these crazy people that work in it um, because everybody gets to play dumb. Yep. Now our kids are supposed to know better in certain situations, but the adults can always feign ignorance. And I have a problem with that. Um, nobody is held accountable because they like it. And I think secretly they're back there having them conversations that the city council in LA were having. Mm -hmm. Say because that if they weren't, they would take steps to protect black children and they don't because they've never had to. And I was so excited to see Miss Allegra and her team in the meeting and then me and Lisa there and all the parents in that room ready to go to war for our babies because we're not having it anymore. Playtime is over. To have three black educators at the professional level and one of them representing their district, that was like the icing on the cake for me today. So I'm so grateful for those uh, black educators that were there, the two professors, and then the professor from the district. That was a real plus because it allowed our kids to see the different levels of what we bring, which and also that teacher to see that because I don't, I don't, I don't think they were expecting what they got today. I don't think so, but they better get used to it. Um, because if they're going to keep up this type of sh this type of foolishness, they better expect black parents to start showing up. And I don't care if I'm not these kids' parents, I'm going to show up too. Um, I shout out to uh, to Jai's mom for putting me on his emergency card. Now I could pull up anytime. What is the rule about giving statements at school? Don't do it without your parent present. Honestly, me personally, don't do a period. Because they could use that stuff against you. Uh-huh. We don't give them statements because that's how they're able to build their narrative. Let them, let them prove that you actually did what they're saying you did. They didn't make the, and this is the thing. The other thing that I want to point out, neither the teacher nor the para had to do a statement. Mm. Yeah, that's beyond me. <laughs> Neither one of them had to do a statement, but these kids were pulled in to do statements. It's absolutely outrageous. And so I just want to let uh, Jada's mom and Jai's mom know that you have a community out here that's with the stuff. And I don't want to cuss, but, you know, I think y'all know where I'm going with Word. this, right? We're not having it. 
and we want to surround you. Miss um, Allegra, too. We want to surround our families uh, with support because we understand what it's like to try to fight this system by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we want you to know that we're here. We're available to you. I'm sure you have both of our contact information. Um, we're just out here trying to love on our people and trying to su- pr- provide them with the level of support that this district has never seen, but they better get used to it because we're not going away. And so I hope that mama, you'll be at the school board meeting tomorrow. Um, so we can talk about this with the district officials. I'm gonna bring their little trumped up statement uh, and we are gonna dissect it for them. Uh, because at, at some point we're now past the point of asking for people to treat our children like human beings. We are demanding it, and that is the expectation moving forward. And if you don't believe me, mess around and find out. And I mean it with all my being. Continue to mess around, and you're going to find out because we're done playing with districts. So with that, y'all, look, we have run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, Mama, Jada, Demarcus, Miss Allegra. Thank you for coming through and and blessing us with your presence. You are always welcome in this space. Uh, Before we go, we have a couple of announcements, and I'm going to try to run them down. If I forget something, y'all, make sure you pipe in and tell me. All right. So uh, tomorrow night, we have our Black Educator Support Network right here at the office, 6 to 8 o'clock. If you are a Black educator, that is an administrator, a teacher, a para or uh, someone who works in the support staff around districts, we have a space specifically for you. Also tomorrow, for the parents whose kids who've been uh, have been affected by the shenanigans in this school district, Elk Grove Unified School Board uh, meeting is tomorrow also at six o'clock. On Wednesday, we have, um, I think it's uh, Bass and Youth at five. Um, and then the book club, we are looking at the book suspended by Dr. Charles Bell um, right here at the office, six o'clock. That book club uh, kicks off tomorrow. Um, and I think the rest of the days we are in training. Yes, yes, yes. OK, so we're we, we in training the other days, but y'all get the drift. We busy. Um, also, I have to tell you before we get out of here, Camp Hack the Woods yeah. three is on the horizon. We are taking our students uh, up to Camp Grizzly Creek for the weekend free of charge. Miss Allegra, if you have some young people that you want to bring to go camping uh, up at the cabins, uh, you are welcome to join us. Um, like I said, it's free. Thanks, uh, Miss Lorene. Yeah. Three. So let us know if you have some young people you guys want to bring and you have some chaperones to accompany them. I mean, I love the kids, but I don't want to watch them all myself. So <laughs> <laughs> let us know if you have some adults who want to join us. That is the fourth through the sixth. Um, up in Portola, California, uh, bus transportation will be provided uh, for at least 12 chaperones. And if we have more chaperones than that, some of us are going to end up driving and that's okay too. Uh, so with that, we're going to hit y'all with the way we're going to catch y'all <laughs> next Monday, right here on Facebook and YouTube for 30 PST. Sam, are you kicking us off? Oh, come hey, on, come on, Melissa. One thing here, in case uh, you all oh. don't know it, parents, we need you to vote yes on measure L. You yes, will I'm... be receiving a flyer in the mail and you might see a familiar face, face on that next flyer that's going out in the mail. Measure L is and to has provide to with... funding for youth and teen um, programs through the city of Sacramento. 
and that funding is not going to cost any taxes to you. It'll be taken out of the cannabis funding. So it's yes on Measure L, and Demarcus will be on the next flyer that's going in the mail. Hey, Demarcus. Okay. And I just want to say, I just want to say, um, Measure L is that the follow up to Measure? Was it Measure M or you? What was it? That, yes, that's, that's the one. Remember last time we didn't we didn't make it through. Okay. So this is a rewrite on it, and we're actually going after the cannabis funds so to be oh, funded. Perfect. So I don't know how they can possibly say no when it's not going to cost taxpayers and the constituents any extra money. It okay. was just it's another thing where they have to reroute some of that money that they're mm -hmm. planning into the police department. Okay, got it, got it. And then I oh, and I almost forgot the last thing is we have a student media program here at BYLP. If you are interested in podcasting, work behind and in front of the camera, or you like to write, we have a cohorts one, two, and three that are open for sign up. So if you are interested or you have a young person who may be interested in coming to sit on the hot seat, let us know and we will make sure to get you plugged in. So with that. Once again, we're going to hit you with the wave. Sam is going to wow. kick us off. Let's go. Melissa. Come on, Melissa. Demarcus, you going? Demarcus, you going you to mm -hmm. do the wave for us? No? Yes? No? Maybe uh. so? Jada, you going to do it? <laughs> they like, uh, huh? maybe. Miss Allegra, Miss Allegra got, her, got her shoulders. shoulders. She got the shimmy. Peace Come on, Keela. <laughs> Come on, Keela. Jada. That was the wrong way. I don't know. Oh, 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 yeah, that way, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, peace out. We'll see y'all next move, week. Baby. Peace <laughs> us. Thank you.